today we're talking to Stuart Sierra. Hi, Stuart. Hello. Stuart is an independent software developer and also a host of a No Manifestos podcast. Uh, so you can check this out. We will also put a, a link in the show notes. Uh, and today we're going to talk about component. Um, so what is component? Component is a closure library and framework that I wrote several years ago. Uh, primarily, it is a dependency injection framework for closure applications. Mm -hmm. So what does the dependency injection mean? So it's uh, basically a way of organizing a large number of stateful objects that an application might need throughout its runtime. So think of things like database connections, uh, queues, uh, thread pools, caches, connections to external services, uh, all of those things that you typically uh, need to initialize or connect to or set up when your application starts up, and they exist for the lifespan of your application for as long as it runs. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a tool to help uh, organize all that information and make sure that it all runs in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, so this is more like a, a backend library, if you will. Would it make sense to have it also on the front end? So there is a port to ClojureScript. So the library itself will work in both Clojure and ClojureScript. There are uh, a couple of differences in those two platforms that I think make it less useful or less valuable in ClojureScript. Uh, one of the obvious things, of course, is that ClojureScript is probably most commonly used for browser-based applications uh, mm -hmm. that are relatively short-lived. They exist for the duration of one person's interaction with the app, and they're running in a browser. So Component was originally motivated for server-side applications that needed to be running for a long time and had a lot of state that they needed to set up. So uh, I wasn't thinking about uh, front-end applications when I wrote it. Right. So the main uh, idea of this, if I understood this correctly, is if you have the long-running process, you just want to manage your application state in this uh, pattern, if you will? Yeah, yeah. Right. And how would we compare this to some other frameworks like Pedestal or Composure or HTTPKit? Yeah, so all of those uh, examples that you mention are specifically uh, for building server-side web applications. Mm -hmm. uh, and Component is not specifically for building web apps or any other kind of uh, backend app, really. It could be used in conjunction with something like Pedestal or Composure uh, or not. So it's sometimes... Uh, used in web apps, but it's not, uh, it's certainly not providing the web server component that something like Pedestal is providing. Mm -hmm. And when you created it, uh, was there any, I don't know, specific problem or was there any specific project you were working on that you tried to solve and that's why you created it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it mostly uh, evolved out of the e-receipts project, uh, which was a consulting project that I worked on at Walmart. 
and uh, Anthony Markar, who was the uh, uh, lead on that project. Uh, and he actually was uh, speaking on my podcast, No Manifestos, a little while ago. So we talk a lot about the background of that project. But basically, it was a uh, a large uh, backend data processing application. And the the key thing about it was that it had a lot of these connections to other services. It had multiple databases, multiple external services, and messaging systems that it had to interact with. That was that was the application's job. Mm-hmm. And so Component really grew out of strategies that we developed on that project to uh, help make all of that complexity tractable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would be the mental model of the component? How would we, how could we understand it? And I know it's difficult sometimes in the audio format just to describe it. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's a little abstract. So I, I think the basic idea is a, a couple of things. One is to define uh, all of the functions in your closure application, even side affecting functions, uh, mm-hmm. so that they receive everything they need to do their work as arguments. So it's a way to avoid putting those things like database connections and external services and so on, to avoid having those in some global ambient state that is uh, accessible everywhere. And the uh, primary mechanism that Component provides for doing that, and really the main job that it does, is to assemble a map, a closure map or record data structure Mm -hmm. that you can then pass into parts of your application and the job of component is to create that map and ensure that it has all the pieces that it needs for some subset of the functions in your application to use. Mm-hmm. Okay, so instead of creating like devs and all of the information that we need, we would just have this in a map and then we just pass the map uh, in our application to know where something is. Basically, yeah. Uh, So instead of defining a a global VAR uh, to hold, uh, say, your database connection, you uh, define a usually a closure record that implements the component lifecycle Mm -hmm. protocol, which is just two functions, start and stop, that tells the component framework how to create this resource and then how to shut it down or clean it up. And then you can assemble a bunch of those components into a system, which is basically just a map with those components as its values. And Mm -hmm. then a component will do two things. It will uh, allow you to declare uh, dependencies between those different uh, start and stop uh, functions so that they always execute in the right order. Mm-hmm. And it will also uh, assemble 
dependencies for each of those components in uh, smaller maps, which can then be passed into individual functions so that each function basically mm -hmm. gets a map of exactly the set of things that it needs, no more and no less. Right. Uh, so you just mentioned, I think this is one of the advantages, if you will, that you can start and stop things in particular order. Yeah. What would be other advantages of using uh, composure? Uh, sorry, component. I think the the biggest advantage and what people have generally told me in the feedback I've gotten has been mm -hmm. the biggest benefit they got from it was simply providing a way to organize closure code that has to deal with side affecting uh, connections and and side effects. Mm -hmm. uh, it. It gives you a pattern to follow, and if you follow that pattern, it will enable you to make certain guarantees about, uh, as I said, things like ordering and the presence of certain components at certain points in that map. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's uh, absolutely necessary. It's certainly not the only approach to doing that, but it's a fairly straightforward and uh, much described and documented approach that is uh, especially helpful for people who are trying to figure out how to design the structure of their closure application. Another advantage uh, is that it gives you a consistent a single consistent model for managing stateful dependencies in your application. Uh, the project I was working on that originally motivated Component uh, had, as I said, a lot of state, a lot of these connections to other services, and it was sort of managed on an ad hoc basis. So some things would be stored in vars, some of them would be in atoms, some of them would be passed as arguments to functions, and it got very hard to keep track of what was in what place. So mm -hmm. Component basically provides you a place to put all those things. And that helps with just, again, understanding and designing the overall structure of your application. And then uh, another factor of that is that because you are not storing those things in globals or in other ad hoc places, it also gives you a place where you can change the uh, dependencies or the state of your application. So for example, you might uh, swap in alternate versions of a component for testing. You can use uh, mock components or stub components and add them into a system to use for testing or local development or whatever other environment you want to work with your system in. Right. And this would also be useful for uh, not restarting the JVM, right? Because if we have everything in one place, then we can just tear it down and bring it up to life. Exactly, yeah. It's also uh, beneficial in that having all of that state in one place and having those uh, lifecycle protocols that explicitly say how to shut everything down and how to clean it up uh, means that you can, usually with a single command in the REPL, uh, shut down your 
existing system and then maybe reload your source code or reevaluate some changes that you've made and then start it all up again. And it mm-hmm. will help ensure that you have a consistent state in your running REPL process without having to actually restart the whole JVM. Mm-hmm. And so these are the advantages. What are the disadvantages of using Component? Yeah, I don't think, uh, I, certainly I will say Component is not the only solution to this problem. There have been uh, many other libraries, uh, some of them that look similar to Component, some of them look quite different. Uh, and they're all just different approaches to this same set of problems. Mm-hmm. So I think probably the just the biggest disadvantage of adopting Component as an application developer is that there's some boilerplate to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you start from an example where you just have uh, maybe just a, a single def to store the state of your database, for example, and you just use that everywhere, uh, transitioning that to use component will seem like you're doing a lot of extra stuff. You have to define a record that implements this protocol. You have to define a map of uh, components for your application. And you also have to possibly refactor your application code if you're working on an existing application. You have to refactor all of your code so that those functions uh, take that extra argument that is the component data structure. So uh, there's a, a definite development cost to adopting it. Obviously, it's easier if it's a greenfield application that you're designing to use component from scratch. Um, But either way, there will be some amount of code that you have to write to integrate your parts of your application with component that you might not have otherwise written. Mm -hmm. Would, uh, Would there be any kind of size of the application where you would consider component or not? I think... uh, in my personal projects, I tend to use it uh, very frequently. Pretty much any application that has some kind of uh, state that is, uh, you know, that has code that needs to run to initialize it and then shut it down, I tend to use it. I think the benefits really start to show up in larger applications that have a lot of those things. So again, the uh, project that uh, originally led to the creation of the library was this thing that had lots of different connections to external services, lots of state that needed to be controlled. Uh, And in particular, it needed to reuse the same uh startup and shutdown code for multiple instances of the same type of resource so in other words there were multiple connections to the same kind of database those could reuse the same code but we still had to maintain those connections separately and that's where component really starts to become useful is when managing all of those things in an ad hoc manner would start to get really confusing 
Mm -hmm. And so uh, what would be the way you would also declare the dependencies between them? Yeah, so the dependencies are uh, declared just using metadata on the components themselves. So components uh, are basically either records or maps. And mm -hmm. like all closure data structures, they can have metadata attached to them. And there's a function in the uh, component library API to uh, add this metadata. And basically, you just have to declare names of things. So this is another difference that uh, sort of adds a layer of abstraction is that components can depend on other components without mm -hmm. referencing them directly when they're being created. Uh, so for example, if your uh, web app depends on the database, then the web app will declare a dependency on the database, which will just be uh, a keyword uh, passed to this uh, API function. The function is called using uh, to declare a dependency. And then the web app will have that dependency added to it as part of the component startup process. And that's essentially what the library component is designed to do. It's to add in those dependencies just by associating them into component maps at the points where they're needed. Just, uh, I'm just thinking uh, about the next topic, if you will. I don't know if it would be worth to talk like, how do you start with component? But I think it's just one dependency and then you just use the start stop or um, do you think there would be anything else to add here? Um, not really. I mean, that's pretty much it. You, you, you basically need two things to start using component. You need to define your component, uh, which as I said, will usually be a record that implements the lifecycle protocol. And then you need to put that component in a system, which is uh, essentially a map. There's a function in the library to construct it. And that just, that system map just associates those component records that you've created with keys, keywords as names. And those keywords are also used to declare dependencies between components. Okay. Well, it looks, I mean, sounds pretty straightforward, especially from the person who created it. So I guess if anyone wants to try component, they can just go to the repo and then add it as their dependency and just try it out. Yeah. And there are, uh, there's a fair amount of documentation on the GitHub site and also links to uh, videos of talks that I've given about it. And uh, at this point, I think you can probably find blog posts and other videos about other people who have adopted it in their projects and they talk about uh, things they've uh, learned about uh, as they were uh, adopting it. Yeah, I'll just say, again, I don't think Component is the only solution to managing these problems. It came mm -hmm. out of a specific uh, set of constraints and demands for a specific project, and it has turned out to work reasonably well in a variety of other projects. But uh, I am 
uh, very happy, in fact, that there are lots of other libraries, some of which are inspired by Component, some of which take a completely different approach, and that people are exploring different approaches to these problems. I think that's great. That is uh, exactly how uh, open source uh, software development should go. So explore the space. I link to a bunch of uh, variations and alternate libraries in the GitHub wiki, I think, for the component library. So uh, by all means, explore some of those and see which one seems like a good fit for the application you're working on or the team that you're working with. Cool. Great. Stuart, thank you so much for contributing to the community and creating this library and allowing people to explore those ideas. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshe.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thank you for your support of this show.